Well, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for connecting with us for another episode of the Rodcast. It's good hey. to be connecting. How are you doing, Pastor Rod? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Adrian. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, yeah, excited to chat all things leadership, church mm. with you. And today we really want to focus on some of the early days in Lifehouse. This year, 2022, we are celebrating 20 years, 20 years. of wow. Lifehouse. So mm. uh, many people listening are part of Lifehouse and many are on their own, are part of their own communities. And I know that you have a lot of great wisdom to share with us. So jumping in uh, straight we got a question from someone who wrote in, just said, during the first few years of living in Japan, which I'm sure had some challenges, uh, was there anything particular in, besides journaling and prayer that helped you keep moving forward? Well, the early days, 20 years. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we've got to revisit what that question is, is saying. Is there anything more than journaling and prayer? Well, there is. But let me say that journaling really was the key. Just every day that that one scripture, God speak to me today, um, and praying every day, and having a very supportive husband and wife. We, we Viv and I were very tight and close. Um, but one of the really key issues was that we felt called. We did feel called to be here. Um, Viv had a big vision, um, an open-eyed vision of a big wave. She called it tsunami vision, and. Um, it really, it really changed her in a good way. Like, I don't mean she was bad, but um, she was good. Um, but a prophetic person became more prophetic. That's my wife, Viv. And um, so being here, when we hit a hard time, we would have our daily journal, but we'd also say, remember what God said to us. Remember, what, remember the vision of the wave. Remember he said he's going to move in Japan and God's going to move. And that's really important when you don't see it happening, right? It's mm. like... Um, we've got the word from God and we've got promises and we've got visions and dreams, but it's not happening. Uh, what do you do at those times? And, and my advice is you hang on to the word of God. You hang on to mm. the dream and the vision in the hard time. And we had to do that many times. And I'm just glad we, we weren't both struggling at the same day, you know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, occasionally I'd struggle and say, you know, where, where's where's the the solution to this or where's the answer from god in this and she would say well you know god's going to move in japan and occasionally not often she would have a maybe a hard day um and i would say remember what the vision and so the the vision the call the words of god to hold on is so important in any in any endeavor if you want to do something great for for god you've got to be able to learn how to hold mm. hold ground hold word hold hold relationships and i think that everybody needs to even if you don't have your own personal vision be mm. part of a vision whether that's a local church um well hopefully it is a local church and um and put your heart into that vision because it's probably a god-given vision and so that was something we did another thing we did was our little team we had a very small team at the beginning but we were in unity we really did have unity and um, I had some young Australians with us for, um, for one year. And they came from different churches, but friends' churches. Mm. And, and so we had basically the same DNA to, to love God and to win our Japanese friends and to win Japan. And I guess we never really lost sight of that. That, that, that vision and unity was so, so important. And um, 
we used to have these little unity meetings. I talk about it often when I preach that um, <laughs> the, the unity meetings, like 10 of us around there and a couple of other people. Um, and the rule of the unity meeting, well, it wasn't called that. It was just called the <laughs> Wednesday night meeting, um, was everyone to share something good. Everyone to share something good in just a minute. And that's where we got that concept of just sharing quickly. And right back then, 20 years ago, everybody learned how to bring forth something good, even in a hard day or a hard week. And so I think that was really formative and foundational for Lifehouse, actually, yeah. that we, you know, it's not denying the hard times. It's not denying that we had, in fact, often the, uh, the encouragement meeting, the Wednesday night meeting went like this. Someone said, you know, um, I went for the job interview, but I didn't get it, but I went for the job interview. Yay. And um, I, I, another person said, I, I thought about going back to Australia, but I didn't. Yay. And so that's not denying the hard time, but it's saying in the middle of the hard time, I still had a positive thought. Mm. And I think that's so important for any family, any connect group, dream team, church, family. I think I said that twice um, to, to have the sense of, We've, we've got to see the good things in the hard time. Mm. And I think that it brought forth a spirit of joy, yeah. uh, which is really to this day. So the two things I mentioned there were hold the vision mm. and and create an environment where you're speaking positive things even in a hard time. Mm. That's two things we did well. Oh, that's so good. And I, I always love hearing those stories of <laughs> the Wednesday night meetings of just like, uh, I could have got the train went to Narita Airport, but I didn't go all the way. I got off where I had to. So yeah, it's just so encouraging, just building that culture of uh, just thankfulness. And um, yeah. I think one thing you mentioned, as you said, was holding, holding the vision. And mm-hmm. um, what are some practical ways that we can hold a vision? So for example, you, Pastor Verve, got received that vision of the wave, and how do you, yeah. how do you do it in in terms of the waiting? Uh, do you just kind of like wait and like, oh God, are you going to do something? But how do you act on those on those prophetic words? And yeah, well, I think you've got to make those prophetic words last. So that means writing it down or putting it on your phone in a note. I think we do have to write it down. Um, mm. A lot of people forget things that God says, and later on they might say, "Well, I remembered what God said," but I would encourage people to just write it down so that you, what was that again? And you can look it up yeah. and and look again. Um, so I, I think you've got to write it down somewhere or have it on a phone. If I hear a good quote, I've got to write it down or store it in a, in a notebook or a, um, whatever. You, we've got to be those people that store down important things. Um, mm. I think it's a lost art. In fact, John Maxwell, who writes a lot on leadership and he's a Christian man, of course, he says that only uh, if you don't write it down, you don't write your goals down, only only 2% of people see their goals accomplished. I think that's dramatic. That's huge. I, I think that that 2% rule comes out in many different leadership teaching. But one of them is certainly you've got to write it down mm. and you've got to look at it, whether it's on your phone or on your notebook. I do think I'm a, I'm a firm believer in writing something. Mm. Now, I'm not a big writer, so my notes are points with a few words, mm. but the points and the few words uh, stir the memory or the thought. So mm. it doesn't have to be a big diary. Um, if you're a diary keeper, God bless you, keep it going. <laughs> but um, I've, I've discovered a lot of people are like me that they're very visual, but it's very short visual. And mm. or, or put it on a, a video call to yourself 
Um, you could do a one minute video call. Hey, today I've got a word from God. I want to say it here and, and store it in your, in your recordings. Mm. Um, so it doesn't have to be, even be a written note, but there's a storage si- situation here. Mm. I, and although I don't want to go on and on and on, I do think everybody's got to make a decision to record and store what God says. Mm. Our memories aren't that good. I, I, I know a lot of people say to me, oh, my memory is amazing. And, and, but, but nobody's memory is 100%. And yeah. um, I, I really suggest when you get a word, write it down in a little book or in your note or record it on video and play it back. Play it mm. back um, in the hard time. Play it back. And for Viv and I to say to each other, remember the vision of the wave is enough mm. for the whole memory. Yeah. So, so that's a, a very, very memorable thing in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think you've got to write down your key goals and, and goals that are not key goals will go. They'll just yeah. be removed off your notebook. So what's remaining? Got to hold on to that. And there's a great scripture in, in John 8 where Jesus said the people will hold the truth and the truth will set you free. So even in the areas like inner healing or, or visions and dreams or any internal thing, mental health, a lot of mental health is about holding on to the good. Mm. And and Jesus said it's the ones who hold the truth will be set free. Yeah. And and I just really want to encourage any any believer out there to write down and hold a few really key things. And again, let me say it's probably not a lot of things, and something will will fall out. But it's things that, that remain. Hmm. You've got to learn how to hold on to those in the hard times. Um, and secondly, when I wake up in the morning and start my journaling, I start with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in heaven on, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us hmm. this day our daily bread. And that first part is to me all about holding on to hmm. what I should do, what God said to me, the, the financial uh, release that I'm praying for. Mm. So the first part of my prayer is re, re, re not rediscovering, but retelling. Mm. God, you've said this, and I'm believing for that, and I believe for that. And and so it's an active faith life every day. It's not mm. just Sundays. It's it's waking up and saying the important things. And, you know, someone said, to, I, ho- I heard a, a great, um, um, cr- again, a Christian leadership speaker called Zig Ziglar. (laughs) (laughs) Cool name. And he said he teaches this sort of stuff and people say to him, that sounds like hard work doing that every day. And he says, well, you you bathe every day and you brush your teeth every day. Why wouldn't you just do something for yourself, for your your mind every day? Yeah. And I thought that's a great challenge for people that Mm. say, I can't do it or you're adding to my stress or you're adding to my workload. Hmm. I, I would just say what Zig Ziglar says. Well, you bathe every day, and why not bathe your brain every day and, and your heart yeah. in the vision that yeah. God has given you? And so, keeping hmm. strong every day. So good. And over the years, um, has the has the vision uh, become clearer? Have you built upon it? I think uh, I know that you have taught on that great scripture in Acts two, where it says, "Your uh, young men will dream dreams." Or yeah. Old men will see visions. I can't remember which way it is, but you yeah. talk about layers and just talk a little bit how that, how over the years you've seen yeah. this vision develop. And uh, yeah, well, I think that young men dream, uh, young men visions, old men dreams. I, I think just dreams are multi-layered visions. You've lived long mm-hmm. enough to actually put it together, yeah. and now this this vision has become 
a dream. It's a bigger world. Mm. I think that's just the difference there. It's just living daily in the visions. And it says they're your sons and your daughters. So this is about, it's not about being a spiritual giant. It's talking about being a son or daughter of God. Isn't that great? Yeah. So that, good. that any new Christian can have this. And, and likewise, any old Christian that's lost vision, you need to grab it back and say, well, that's mm. my vision um, without guilt. Just, just grab it back. Yeah. But I, th- I do believe that. I believe that God is a communicating God. He wants to speak to us every day. He loves us as sons and daughters. He, he wants to. And, and I, th- I think, you know, God is so smart and, and, and so wise. And, and often he doesn't give us a lot of new stuff. He wants to give us the main stuff. Mm. Um, and, and the main stuff grows and grows and grows because yeah. it, it's not shifting vision and shifting shadows. It's, it's mm. a vision. So over time, what adds to the vision is layers of understanding, context, mm-hmm. relationships that you add to that that makes the dream reality. And so 20 years later, we're still living in the dream in mm. Japan. It's just we've got more resources, more team, more context, and we're able to 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 help others. Mm. And now it's outside Japan as well. So we're helping, yeah. and you are, helping many pastors through Asia um, because we held an original dream. Yeah. And I think that this moves to a, a new area and the whole thing of, you know, credibility comes from doing things consistently well. Yeah. It's not from jumping around and saying, I did this well, I did this well. It's building foundations, houses, um, you know, building something for God. And people say, would that work in our context? Mm. And the answer is, yeah, it's probably a bit different, but these things would work in your context. Mm. So 20 years building here has helped us. Um, help you, help others. And we're all just now in this team yeah. helping a lot of people to get a dream, hold a dream. Sure. So good. Um, I want to come back to, uh, you spoke about um, how in the early days, you and Pastor Viv really had a, a great marriage and you still do have a great marriage and you were able to encourage each other, but you also had a team in unity. And I'd love you just to talk into that. How do you maintain um, a great marriage uh, in tough times and challenging times and also unity within a team? Um, well, you've you mentioned some big words already there, unity. Um, unity is not division. Division mm. is from the word die vision or two visions. So division mm. comes from when there's two visions. And I think in any marriage or team or church, there's got to be unity from something, from the top, from the group, from the same vision, not die vision. And I, th- I think that in a family, obviously, that is to, to love each other and love God mm. is, the, is the highest vision. And how we maintain that is that we spend time with God alone. Um, and, and living my personal spiritual life is, is, is not together. It's actually separate. We, we, we read the Bible separate. We pray separate. We um, forgive separately, whatever that is. But then we come together and whatever it is, we're in, we're in a unity. Yeah. We haven't got division. We've got one vision. So I think the preparation for any great marriage is a great heart, a great soul, a great a mm. clean and a clean heart. And then you bring that to the group. And the group on a bigger level has unity. Mm-hmm. And I think of like, like, like a church team, Viv and I had unity. And then, you know, we had our little boys with us. They were obviously with us and unity. And 
Others came from other churches, but with the same vision that we were here at all costs to see Japanese saved. That's why we came to Japan. Japanese saved and Japanese blessed and Japanese growing and becoming leaders. That was the vision. That was one vision. So if someone had a different vision, like let's go and do that, we would say, well, you could do that, but we're not going to split our resources because this vision is so big and overwhelming Mm. that we can't do this and that and that. So at the beginning, people... Uh, some Christians here would say to us, why are you only reaching young people in Japan? And my answer was because there are a lot of older churches Mm. that really should be reaching the old ones, but there's almost zero churches meeting meeting young ones. Mm. So our vision from God is to come to Japan and win young people. Now, over time, that's changed and we're multi-generational. We've got young families, older families, older people. Now we've got older connect groups and dream teams and um, but we had to start somewhere with our, our unified approach, and that was universities. Mm. And we had to reach university students. And so if someone would come and say, why don't we reach the middle age? I'd say, well, you can do that. You try and mm. do that. And very often they'd come back and say, well, no, I, we agree now that we should be reaching the university students. They're more yeah. open. Yeah. So it wasn't a matter of you can't do that. But if you could find another way, I'm watching. And um, if you're successful, we'll do that too. But until we can be successful at one thing, mm. it's hard to be successful at a bunch of things. You know what I mean? Like people say, why don't we do, why don't we do that and that and that and that? And I'm mm. saying, well, we, we're not successful at anything yet. We have to be successful at one thing, yeah. which is university students. And I think that when you build unity, you've got to start from the point of strength, um, not from the point of plurality or, or multiple goals and, and not hit any of them. I think you've got to have a few goals, whether it's a marriage, a family, a church. Mm. What are the few, which is what we call priorities, actually. Mm. We can start moving into this this area called priorities, which is understanding all the options and then sorting them and saying, well, we can only do those right now. Mm. That will bring unity also because it's like our strength, our success, um, and that success will help us to do other stuff. But it's like a family can't do everything. You can't go to holidays everywhere. You can't, you've got to actually define what our family does, mm. what our family culture is, what we do and don't do. Yeah. And that will also bring security for the children mm. that they know that our family does this. Um, yeah. And they're happy. They're happy in the family. We, we, don't, mm. we, we can't do everything, but we must do something. What is that something? Let's, let's do well. Mm. So good. Yeah, and I think my wife and I have been part of Lifehouse now for five years, I think. Yeah, coming up uh, on the 20th, Amazing. 20th wow. of January, we'll, we would have been here for five years. And yeah, I think for us mm-hmm. joining Lifehouse from day one, I think the vision was very clear. So I think it's it's been maintained all this time, just that clear vision. Yeah. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. So um, it's been so amazing to see this continue, this vision continue, mm. this culture continue uh, right across or for, for the years it's been maintained. So it's yeah. awesome. And you're, let me say also just on that, you're a very loved couple for five years. So oh. you've, added, you've added to us, not just been part of it, but added to, I think that's what unity does. It just mm. makes everyone so valuable and loved. And we're not the same. We're not all the same, but we mm. carry the same vision. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's cool. We love it. 
Um, yeah, we'd love, we've got a few more minutes left. Uh, we just, uh, I know some people have written in, they want to just hear some great stories. You always have great Ooh. stories, some, some funny stories, some inspirational stories uh, of the early years of Lifehouse. Well, the very, the very first person to ever become a believer in our Lifehouse Church from Japan was a young university student called Yuya, and he's still with us. 20 years later, he's now married with three children. He's a manager awesome. of a great corporation here. But when we met him, met him, he was just a very shy, young university student, very great, at, very good at maths and science, very smart, but very shy. And um, when he came in, we had a, a little Australian team in the first year, and we're trying to form a music team. And um, we, we had a good uh, keyboard player and a good drummer believe it or not, and um, who was not part of the team but an Australian um, English teacher who joined us straight away. Hmm. And um, Yuya came in and he said, I don't, want to, I don't want the Jesus stuff, but I want to learn English and I want to play in your band. And um, <laughs> I said, what do you want to play? And he said, I want to play drums. I said, oh, no, that's the one area we've got strength. You know? <laughs> and I said, could you play bass, thinking drums and bass maybe mm. there's a connection there and he said no i but i can next week <laughs> <laughs> and this is the the amazing funny japanese that we've always loved life with is such a positive uh, i can do that um yeah. next week and so sure enough next week he turns up with his new bass guitar on his shoulders mm. and he's got the music sheets from someone in the in the team and He's learned to play the bass or those those songs this week. And so he says, I'm ready to play the bass. This is a week later. And he pulls it out and he actually pulls it off. He actually does it. Like, what? Nobody does that. Um, oh, so but good. you, you did. And so he was on our music team as our bass player. And it was, um, it was three and a half months after we arrived in Japan. We went on a little beach um, a camp. And um, with some, some, some huts and things, the guys and the girls and whatever. And, mm. and um, it was after a couple of days there, just singing and playing and, and swimming. He comes up and says, Pastor Rod, I, I, I would like to receive Jesus into my heart oh, today. So we all prayed. And my, my team that were having a hard time, all were crying with tears of joy <laughs> and oh. saying, they all said this. They all said, if it had been for Yuya, we would have come to Japan for this year. If it was for this one. We would yeah. have come, and it was like a catharsis of, of mm. pain and and struggle and strife just sort of fell off our team. Sure, seeing an amazing young man give his life to Jesus, and we baptized him that day. We'd already done a sure. baptism study, and he he was already studying the Bible, and in our midst for you know months, and yeah. so we baptized him that day, and he became a, a leader in our church. He still is. Um, so that's an amazing story. And, you know, right at the beginning, you know, he, he wasn't a believer when we put him in our band. And we had another girl who was a singer. We put her in singing worship songs. And some people say, well, that wasn't, that was, that was maybe not the right thing to do. And I said, well, we, we're in a, a country with no, we had no young Japanese Christians at all, mm. zero. We, we had very little of anything. And here's people wanting to serve. And we said, we just have to use them. Now, of course, they're not going to preach or lead a Bible study, but they could serve. And that, that created a bit of a culture for us to mm. what could a non-Christian do if they come and they want to serve? And, yeah. and we've had that attitude. Um, we, we've got some more 
structure. We have the grow course they've got to do and agree to our values. But people look at that and think that was dangerous or that was crazy. And I think, yeah, yep, church planning is a bit like that. And um, so we had many stories of like that and some people didn't work out and some did. And, Mm. you know, early days. Yeah. Um, But we we did have a spirit of joy from the beginning and we laughed and we sang and uh, we cried (laughs) when things went wrong. Um, Another uh, incredible thing was early days was um, financial supply from God. Mm. Um, You know, we arrived in Japan without um, enough money, which was not the plan, but it happened that way. We were supported Mm. by some great churches in Australia and but we were short a lot of money and um, mm-hmm. Viv and I personally didn't have much money and uh, we just saw God supply. So a few days after we were in Japan, we we had no refrigerator or washing machine or pots and pans or dishes or plates or anything. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I got a phone call. Well, actually, a Japanese person had a phone call from a family putting grandma in the nursing home. And mm-hmm. we didn't know these people. And... The person handing the phone to us didn't know them either. I don't know how we got this phone call. (laughs) It it was a God phone call. And they said, please come to our house and take anything you want, anything. Now, an old person going to an old person's home in Australia might mean that most of the the stuff is older, is older older stuff. But this is Japan. And and this is the thing (laughs) we always say, this is Japan. Japan is different. And when we arrived there, everything was new. The fridge was new. The washing machine was new. The, the plates had never been used. They were even wrapped in, in paper. Like, And we just said, we'll take everything. It's just the most amazing supply of a house, of furniture I've ever heard of. Now, from that time to this, I've never heard that again. Like that was a few days after we arrived in Japan. We don't know that family. So that's like, whoa, what? And then uh, we also got a, an email from a friend in, in California saying a Japanese family living there has heard that we're in Japan and wants to help. What's the need? And I said, our kids schooling, we need to pay fees. Mm -hmm. And they said, we'll pay the fees for two years. It was just, the supply was amazing. And, um, you know, I I just, I could tell you so many stories like that of miracle supply and Mm -hmm. for the team, miracle supply for them too. And it it was amazing. Uh, I could go on and on, but I'll, I'll finish there. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you, can you just uh, cut out for one moment. So I asked the team to uh, edit it. Uh, could you just start again with the part of uh, talking about this is Japan and uh, the old grandmother had a whole bunch of sure. new stuff. So okay. So when we came, um, we we had this phone call from someone we didn't know, a Japanese family, uh, offering us uh, all of grandma's stuff because she's going to a nursing home. Now, this is Japan, and when we arrived, everything was new. The fridge was new. The washing machine was new, probably a one-year-old or something like that. The plates had never been opened probably from years ago. They were perfect. Everything was perfect, and we said we'll take everything, and there was enough Mm -hmm. for us and for the team. There was like rice cookers, and there was plates for them, and so we were able to, in in one phone call, um, supply so many needs of our team and ourselves. And I thought, this is Japan. Things are done differently here. Um, and many times we've looked at each other and said, this is Japan in a good way, like yeah. really good things about Japan. And mm. 
um, no crime and we get our wallet. Someone left a wallet on a, on a train and we get it back with the money in it. Like what um, happens over and over again? We left a set of six brand new microphones on a train one day and, and they were all there waiting for to pick us up at the, the, the later that day. And only we say only in Japan, which is a really mm. good term to wow. So God supplied our needs sure. uh, amazingly. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, these are great stories and I'm sure it's encouraged so many people. So thank you so much uh, for taking time just to chat with us today, Pastor Rod. Really appreciate it. And yeah, just excited to continue to talk more things, church and leadership. Great. Let's do it. Really love talking. And if anyone's got any questions for us, uh, positive questions about Lifehouse or what happened in 20 years, we've been able to build this uh, movement. Uh, with God's help. And let me say that just to finish, honestly, this has been a work of grace and miracles from yeah. the beginning to the end. We're just ordinary people that had a great team and God kept building the team. So good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much today and thanks to everyone who's connected with us. I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Have a great time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.